Hey sisters, before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to take a minute and recognize where you are at. Maybe you have been listening to the podcast for a while and implementing some of the really amazing tips and tools that are proven to help you and you're starting to experience a little bit of relief, or maybe it seems really overwhelming, or maybe you're just catching this for the first time. You know, before I fell myself deep into hormonal chaos, I didn't even know what perimenopause was. So there's a lot of miseducation and lack of education out there before we even figure out that we don't have to be suffering this way. I wanted to remind you that there are a few ways that you can always work with me, whether it's toe dipping or whether it's all in or somewhere in between. I want you to take control of your body and never have to suffer again. And that is the goal of the Period Whisperer brand. And this podcast is to give you the education that you need, the steps and strategies that you need to get there in whatever container of support is going to work for you. I want you to be able to decode the whispers of your body so that you can always feel confident that you know your path back to feeling awesome. Because we all get off path sometimes. So listen, go to my website. I'll make sure to put the link here, swipe up and grab the link to my website. Check out my courses there. There are some amazing quick my quick courses. You can get results with fast with my 10 hormone hacks. There is some great mindset stuff with my walking hormone balancing meditations. There is a full course in the Balance Your She Blueprint that you can follow on your own Or if you want a more personal touch, which is the way I love to work, come on into the Perimenopause Posse. It is a small investment, but it is a huge value. We do monthly challenges where we follow my exact P4 formula to get you results and have dozens of bonus trainings, an incredible group of women going through the same thing to help you keep accountable, and also a weekly live call with me. Weekly live coaching to get your questions answered. Finally, if you're someone who doesn't want to mess around and wants a customized strategy, you can always apply for one of my hormone healing analysis strategy analysis <laughs> strategy calls, which is a 90-minute call where we customize a program and protocol to you with a follow-up call to make sure that it works, or you can apply to work with me one-on-one. I might have not have spots available right now. It is my most in-depth container. Every client of mine that comes in and follows through with me gets results. So don't suffer. Reach out now, take control now, and feel the best you've ever felt. All right, grab your pen and paper. Let's dive in. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. 
This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey sisters, welcome to this week's episode of the Period Whisperer podcast, top 5% wellness podcast in the world, thanks to you guys. And guess what? This episode kicks off season two. That's right. It is the 101st episode of the Period Whisperer podcast. The first season, those first 100 episodes, we really, which I can't even believe there's 100 episodes, we really focused a lot on just bringing some awareness and normalizing what perimenopause and the shifting of hormones are. So many of us, myself included, didn't even know what the word was or what it meant in our body and what we're going through. And the fact that although the shifting of hormones is normal, having it impact our life so much so that we're not living our life, we're not able to function at optimal levels in our life at least 80% of the time is not normal. And if you've listened to my story before, you know that for me, even as a personal trainer and wellness coach for years, I thought I had figured this stuff out, but around 37, 38 years of age, things really changed in my body. And all of a sudden, all the usual things that I used to turn to, all the tools I used to use to help me feel better in my body, to have more energy, to feel fit and lean, to support my workouts if that's what I was doing, or just to have enough energy throughout the day and patience as a parent, All of those things were going out the window, and that's when I really had to better understand what was going on because I was sinking fast into the darkness. And I know this is a story that so many of you guys relate to because this is what we message each other. When you DM me, and please keep sending me messages, whether it's through email, whether it's through comments here on the pod, whether it is a direct message through Instagram, please keep messaging me and telling me what you're feeling, what you're going through, what you need to hear. Because the more we continue this conversation, the more knowledge we get to have and the more the world will recognize that this is not a way we're supposed to feel long term. So that being said, this is season two. These next hundred episodes, I really want to focus on dialing into these whispers. How do we hear these whispers? What are the whispers? How do we trust these whispers in our body? Because let's be honest, there's a lot of stuff out in the world that we can Google, a lot of strategies, and a lot that actually can work. You know, the crux of all health starts with the foundations. And I talk about this in the posse and in my one-on-one coaching and here on the pod, of course. The foundations of health are going to be you know, our sleep and rest, our nutrition and food, our movement in our body, and of course, like our our mindset, pleasure and breath work. These are such critical parts of our foundations of health. And often we jump over these things to try to try something really extreme. And it's the equivalent of trying to go from a couch to a marathon. It doesn't work. And at our age, in this beautiful time of perimenopause, 
we are completely intolerant to things that are not going to work for us. So the one thing I want to just remind you of before we dive into this episode is simply this mindset we have around perimenopause. We want to stop looking at it like, oh no, I'm getting old. We want to stop looking at it like a negative thing, like this is something we have to experience. And we want to put the lens on it that this is the gift of our bodies telling us the things that are not working for us so that we can have a fan-freaking-tastic next 40 years of our life, right? This is our moment in time and our body is telling us everything we need to get there we just got to tune in and listen. So let's dive in because we can research, we can Google, we can find strategies, but it's often, it's the implementation of those strategies, right? That gets in the way. And one of the most common things that gets in the way for so many of us, drum roll please, is emotional eating. (laughs) And let me tell you a little bit, a little story. I run in and still run in and have run into emotional eating a lot in my life. You know, some of the most common times that I really recognized it in myself is when I'm stressed and uncomfortable or don't want to deal with a conflict because I struggle with conflict. I was very conflict averse most of my life. I've really learned to not do that and recognize them as an opportunity for growth, but it's a practice. And so when when I'm grinding on something or when something's hard or when I have to deal with something and I don't want to, it makes me feel really uncomfortable. And the way I soothe that comfort we used to be through food. And that is very much emotional eating. Likewise, you know, and when I'm tired, I want to reach for food. That's emotional eating. You know, when I want to just forget the world and have a glass of wine, that's emotional eating, right? When I'm, you know, when I'm tired and I want to reach for caffeine, emotional eating, right? So there's a lot of ways that we choose to eat or we, without even really thinking, or in fact, not to fuel, but to numb or to soothe. And I think, you know, what I'd love to hear from you is message me if there's a certain thing that a certain way you recognize in yourself that you emotionally eat. But it's not that emotional eating isn't normal. I think it's it's really powerful to understand that for generations and generations, it is natural for humans to feel comfort around food, right? When we think about us as babies or when we've had babies we think about a baby crying and you know being held and 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 quickly nursed or given a bottle and the relaxation the calm the comfort that comes over that baby right that comes over us as humans so there's a real natural element of soothing that food does provide for us and not only that but we think about holiday meals and And really the emotions around that or even dating and the emotions around sitting down with your partner or someone you're meeting and really enjoying a meal together. So there is a real positive element and a real tie to emotional eating. It's not like it's always it's ever going to go away. What we want is to recognize more in ourselves that we are eating from a positive place of emotion instead of a negative place of emotion. So I want to give you guys a few tips, four things specifically that are going to help you with this because, you know, I love to give you actionable things because for me, you know... Life is busy, and I really appreciate that you're listening to this podcast, but I know you want to get some information, you want to get some inspiration, and then you want to get things that you can actually implement, right? So I am going to give you four things. 
But one of the things I want to just kind of debunk a little bit first here is that we often think when it comes, when we recognize emotional eating in ourselves, right? You get to the afternoon, you feel like you've done pretty well, but you're all of a sudden you're like you're edgy, you're a little tired, you're a little frustrated, and you just can't stop thinking about those chocolate chips in your pantry. Or someone brought in donuts and cookies into the staff room, and that's all that your mind is grinding on. And you think willpower is the answer to that. But here's the thing that's really important to understand about willpower. We think that willpower often, and this is a misnomer, is a muscle we get to strengthen and exercise. When in fact, willpower is an energy, right? It is not like we run out of energy throughout the day. And so this is why it becomes harder later in the day and even later in the week when we're more tired, when we're further away from having the rest of a weekend or the rest of a night to support us, or maybe we haven't haven't leaned into to relaxing our body very, we haven't moved it properly in a day, maybe we haven't eaten enough earlier in the day, so we run out of energy. And this is why it's most common that emotional eating happens later in the week or later in the day, right? Is in the, in the evening or in the afternoon is when we often emotionally eat because we're processing through our day and through the difficult things that have happened in our day. And we don't have enough energy anymore, right? First thing in the morning, we've got sleep behind us. Even if it was a crappy sleep, we still have sleep behind us. But by the time we hit the afternoon, we don't have that behind us to support us. And if it's been a hard day or an emotional day and a lot has happened in that day, suddenly things can be a lot harder. And that is because willpower is an, um, is an energy and not a muscle we strengthen. So we will run out of it throughout the day. So first and foremost, I want you to recognize emotional eating as our opportunity to learn and change, right? In order to grow, we always have to first recognize that we need to grow, recognize when something is even happening. So starting to understand when your emotional eating is happening. First, we know it's normal. We just talked about that piece, but understanding that it's happening. And if you are listening to this podcast right now and you're like, yep, that happens to me, that's growth. That's you recognizing it. Then we need to stop the behavior and swap it for something else. Now, let me be the first to admit that I still sometimes emotionally eat. It is not something that we never, ever necessarily do again. That might be you, but that is not me. And you can still be very healthy, be very sound of mind, you know, feel really good in your body without being 100% not emotionally, not, not a non-emotional eater. So, but it's this swapping of the behavior 80% of the time that's going to give us so so much opportunity for relief and healing in the body. So if the reason that you are struggling to follow through on the strategies that I teach here, that maybe you're, you know, that you might have, have found online somewhere or that you invest in a coach, of course, who is going to, you know, someone who has actual credentials to give to you. If you've invested in a strategy that has proven to work for a woman in your age and you're struggling to follow through on that strategy because of emotional eating, I want to give you a few things to help. Here are my four things. Number one, Once we have spotted this behavior, once we're aware of the behavior, we want to just take a breath and recognize what do I need right now and what will actually help, right? What am I feeling and what will actually help? 
often, again, in the afternoon, what we really need is a nap or what we really need is just to breathe or to move your body. Or sometimes we need a hug. Sometimes we need a friend to be like, it's going to be okay. Or to help us find the, the, the humor in a tough situation. Sometimes you need a break. You know, it's really funny to me because we, we can feel so badly about being tired. Like we're these flawless creatures that never should need to sleep. But when you're in your 40s and 50s, I mean, we are handling a lot and we don't have endless energy. We want to, of course, support that energy in as best of the ways as we can. But we have to understand that we are all human and have that self-compassion for ourselves. So the very first thing you want to do is just as you recognize it, as you isolate when these key times are for you, ask yourself before you open the fridge, look, we're not, no one's going into the fridge. Let's be honest. We're going into the pantry for the chocolate chips and the things that sit on the shelf, like the goldfish crackers. You know, we might, we might snack on some baby carrots first to try to make ourselves feel better. But in the end, if it's an emotional need and not just a hunger, we're going in the pantry because that's where the yummy food is, right? That's where the food that's going to actually provide us with that kind of comfort right away. Um, so what do I need right now? What will really help me with this emotion? Like really getting in tune. And this is a key part of understanding the whispers of your body. What do I need? And if you're finding that every single day in the afternoon, your body is saying, gosh, I'm tired. Maybe what you do need in life is more sleep. Or maybe your body is saying, gosh, my job is stressful, 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 stressful. Maybe it's time to take a good long look at your career path and think, is there something else I can start doing to shift my career into something that is more joyful for me? You know, or maybe you need some therapy or maybe you need a different relationship, whatever it might be. If it's consistently happening and you can tie it back to something else, don't be afraid to start to recognize the pattern of the whispers of your body. Remember, this time in our life is telling us again and again and again what we really need, what is no longer working for us. And emotional eating is very much one of those things. All right, the second thing to do that will help is to find some more pleasure in your life, right? I know all too often I would turn to eating or wine to feel like to be feel like I'm having fun or maybe staying up late right a lot of us don't want to go to bed at night because we feel like we haven't had any time for ourselves so then we stay up late but we're tired so in order to stay up late we often snack right it's a natural a natural thing that a lot of us do and often that's an indicator of not having enough fun or pleasure or joy. Remember that pleasure brings new energy into your life, into your body. And so we need to make sure we're carving out time every single day in our life to find joy, to release cortisol in different ways. Pleasure is one of those two key things that reduces that cortisol in our body. So making sure that you are prioritizing joy and pleasure in your life. The third one, of course, is stress, right? And stress comes at us in so many ways. And really, that's, you know, what we're talking about with emotional eating. But a lot of the times our food choices, our movement choices are adding stress to an already stressed out life, 
right? And these are the things we do get to control a little bit, right? We can't always, I can't always come into your home, you know, or if we work together one-on-one together and recognize that maybe your job is super, super stressful and then just change your job. That's not, that's not a quick decision thing. But we have things that we do in our life that can help improve the stress levels that we do get to control on that more micro level, like choosing to eat vegetables first at every single one of your meals. So you're getting those micronutrients in to calm the chaos in your body, right? And to also reduce the glucose spike, um, to, to lower the workload in your body. Starting your day with greens on an empty stomach. You guys know I talk about greens all the time and I love my Organifi greens. So shameless plug here. If you need a greens, this is the one that I know and I love. You can always use my name as a discount code to get 15 to 20% off depending on what their promos are at the time. But they give my listers that off. And it is one of the fastest and most effective things that will improve energy, that will lower the stress in your body. You just start your day with this greens juice. Likewise, just making sure you are, you know, are making choices in your day to breathe. We know that breathing, just 15 to 20 minutes of conscious breathing a day will reduce hormone imbalance by 47%. And that is because it helps soothe the central nervous system. So making sure that you're breathing, making sure that you're choosing gentle movement. One of the things I struggled with so long, you guys, was starting my day with caffeine so that I can push myself through a hard workout because I thought that was the path to feeling good in my body. But one, caffeine automatically spikes our cortisol levels. So hello, more stress. It, It gave me the energy to push through a hard workout, but my body was not in a place to handle that workout. So now that workout and that caffeine have added more stress to my body. And by the afternoon, I either needed like a full one hour nap or I needed some serious sugar to get through the day. So making sure that your movement choices, that your breath work choices, that your nutrition choices are supporting a lower stress lifestyle. Finally, one of the most powerful things and one of my favorite tips to shifting our struggles or reframing our struggles with emotional eating is to start getting excited about eating healthy food, right? We know what food irritates our body and what doesn't. And if you don't know, that's when you really want to start paying attention. Because when you start to pay attention to how things feel in your body, your body tells you pretty quickly. You know, if you're not able to have a regular bowel movement, if you're having a lot of bloating, something you're eating is not doing it for you. So we need to make sure we're bringing it back and paying attention to how we feel in that body. But shifting, if we know that food and eating is an emotional thing for us, shifting our focus and our mindset to the lens where instead of being like, oh, what I really want is this sugary treat to what I really want is something that nourishes me, that makes me feel really great in my body. Starting to normalize the fact that feeling good in your body is something you should feel, that we should treat ourselves and our bodies with healthy food, nourishing food, food that gives back to us, 
is an entirely different mindset than feeling like we deserve a, a quote unquote treat and eating something that's not so great for us, like going through the McDonald's drive through and getting a McFlurry. I'm not trying to put down anything that, you know, does bring you joy here and there in your life. But if every day you're having this emotional eating response and you're reaching for food that we know doesn't serve us, it's time to start getting excited and stepping into the empowerment of your body that should feel flippin' amazing. We need to stop normalizing junk as a reward for our bodies and start normalizing healthy food as a reward for our bodies. Because when our body feels good, we now have the energy to do other things, to find more pleasure, to live more, to have richer relationship, deeper intimacy, more patience with our kids, which are the things that at the end of the day make us feel really, really great. Okay, so let me recap these things for you before we wrap this episode up. So number one, when you find yourself in an emotional eating spiral, Ask yourself, what do I really need right now? What's the emotion I'm having? And what do I really need that's going to help? Number two, making sure that you are finding pleasure in your life. Number three, ensuring that you're not adding to the stress of your life and your body, right? Because stress is an energy sucker and it doesn't make us feel very good. So it sets off that emotional eating trigger and teaches us further to numb ourselves with things that aren't feeling good. And number four, get excited about eating good food. And remember, when you tune into your body, you can do a better job of this. And the last thing I'll just leave you with is is a message I heard recently. It's not what you are eating. It's what's eating you. So remember, if you are going out every couple weeks and having some drinks with friends because it's a fun, pleasurable experience... That's one thing. But if every day you're needing to end your day with wine or you find yourself bag deep in some chocolate chips, which was obviously one of my favorite things to do, in the pantry, this is when it is a habit that is no longer serving us. And we need to start to look at not what we are eating, but what is eating us emotionally in that moment. All right, sisters, please, if this helped you at all, reach out. If I can answer any other questions for you, reach out, rate and review this, share this with another woman who needs to better understand what perimenopause is, what their cycle is like, how to listen to these whispers of their body. And hey, If you're ready to work more closely on you, if you're really ready to make these changes and you want the support, come on into the Perimenopause Posse. The June challenge is coming. We've had so much success already just two weeks into the May challenge, which is exciting. Or apply for one of my free one-on-one exclusive coaching spots so that we can customize something for you and that you can get the real focus and make the real changes that you want. Remember, when you invest in yourself, your energy aligns in that. We don't want to fail. We want to show up for ourselves and we want to make it worth it. So I always know that anytime I want to really grow, I got to invest in myself in one way or another, and then I'll show up. Okay, sisters, we'll catch you on the next episode. Go out and be more in your life and not just less on a scale. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.